Blog Talk Radio. All right, let's take our red songbook. Hey, man, that worked out just right. Take a red songbook. If anybody's in the back, they need to come on in. We need to get started. Number 55. 55. Standing together as we sing. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, We'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus We'll sing and shout the victory Amen. Praise God. It's so good to have you back over there. You don't know how many times I have said, just in this short little window, well, I'll be glad when Joanna gets back. (laughs) I've been Joanne goes back. I said, I just can't. I just, I, I mean, I, I can do it, but it ain't the same. Amen. Amen. And I won't, and I, and from, and, 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 and you're either very tough or I've seen other people that couldn't bear what you bear. I don't know. I ain't figured out what yet. I ain't talking about mama. I ain't talking about mama. I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah. To God be the glory. Yeah. Amen. We got. Wow. Amen. I mean, like I said, to God be the glory. That's all I can say. But I mean, that's. Amen. It's it's a blessing. It's a blessing this week. I mean, to have her back playing piano. We got a we got a brand new baby girl born yesterday. Not yesterday. The day before yesterday. Yep. Right. I seen that. Right. We didn't get a middle name, but we got anyway. Macy Field. Eight pounds seven ounces. She is a pretty good sized little girl, and and I know they're just tickled to death to have her, and, and uh, she. She asked you a pretty little thing. We look forward to seeing her first time we get an opportunity. Y'all just pray for y'all pray for for them and is I mean it's his first it's his first go around so yeah so pray for him he he got a lot to learn don't he <laughs> now he ain't seen a thing yet amen any any other prayer requests this morning huh I know it's in, that's crazy Whew, poor thing I feel sorry for her. All right. Prayer requests? Yes. Yes. Charlotte's out not feeling well. Uh, goes without saying, we need to pray for our country. We, we need to continue to pray for our president. And and, and, and let me just say to you, I know we, ha- we hung, all hung our hats on this 
Supreme Court thing this week, and and that didn't happen. But there's a reason why it didn't happen. God's in control. That's without a doubt. There's a reason why it did not happen. They told they told the litigants, look, there you don't have standing in this. Come back when you have standing. They're working on some cases in Michigan and uh, in Georgia where they uh, and I'm not sure if Georgia is going to be the one, but one of those states they've got standing there. And and if you bring that, basically they were saying, then we'll hear it. But uh, so. That that came out of left field. Nobody was expecting that Texas lawsuit. It, I mean, we were everything was rocking along right according to plan. This was just a bonus, and they, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. It didn't turn out, but that's not the end. So, don't don't get discouraged. It looks bad sometimes, but it ain't over yet. Um, prayer request, anything else besides that? Yes, for sure. All right. Um, I, my, my stepmother, she texted me this morning. She had, she, she'd been a beautician for Lord last 30, 40 years. And she had surgery on her thumb right there and she put rheumatoid arthritis. They cleaned it out and everything. And, uh, she just texted me this morning and said, and her, her husband just come down with the COVID. So she's downstairs recuperating. He's upstairs quarantined. So pray for them. Um, <clears throat> yes, mom. Yeah. Daryl Weaver, him and Miss Wanda both have got COVID. But they seem to be doing okay. <clears throat> I need to add, uh, Tammy, our son doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mercy, thank you. He's either got pull up or something. He finally went to signature ER today. Okay. She's dead. So he was sick. Oh, I wonder where they're at. And putting his own IV in. Oh, mercy. <laughs> mercy's sake. He's doing IV bottles running around the house. Goodness gracious. Put them on the stairway and Anybody else? Anything else before we pray? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us today. Robert, lead us in prayer. Most blessed Andrew, Father, Lord, we once again just pray that the church is spoken to him. Lord, just take him below and fall sick on prayer list. Lord, God, we pray for him. Once again, Father, we take care of him. Yes, sir. Lord, we pray for the people. Amen. You can be seated. Jesus loves even me. 302. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Though I forget him and wander away, Still he doth love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great King, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Well, let's turn over to number 42, but while we're doing that, let me remind you, I forgot to announce it, 
that uh, we won't be having Wednesday evening services this week. We'll be having a Thursday evening service at six, and uh, the Marksman Quartet are going to be here, and they'll be they'll be performing, singing, and uh, praising God, lifting up His name in song. And and uh, I don't I don't figure Brother Mark's going to do any preaching, but he'll do a little he'll do a little little short preaching between songs and whatnot. But you'll get a blessing like you won't believe out of it. They are such a wonderful group. And uh, just such godly folks and, and uh, good friends of mine for years. Uh, I've met them, if I'm not mistaken, I think I met them in 2008. I want to say it was 2008. Pretty sure of that. <clears throat> but we became close friends and have remained so over the years. And uh, like I said, I've, I've written I've written a little bit with uh, Brother Mark, and, and uh, he helped me through some tragedies in my life and, and they're just sweet, sweet friends, and uh, I really, really hope we get a good crowd in here and, and people really get blessed because it's going to be a real blessing. So I look forward to it, and I hope you'll tell people, let as many people know as you can, don't cost a thing to come, and we'd be glad to have anybody wants to come listen and get blessed. All right, number 42, let's sing, Way of the Cross Leads Home. I must needs go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I shall never get sight of the gates of life if the way of the cross I miss. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. I must needs go on in the blood-sprinkled way, the path that the Savior trod. If I ever climb to the heights sublime, where the soul is at home with God. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. Then I bid farewell to the way of the world. To walk in it nevermore. For my Lord says, Come, and I seek my home where he waits at the open door. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The Number 32. Number 32. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. 32. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. 
Let us labor for the master from the dawn to setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. It's written down there in the Lamb's Book of Life with the blood of my Savior. I assume it's written in his blood. I don't know. I can't say that for sure. But I know this, I know one thing for sure. It ain't never going away. Amen. It's in there permanently. Oh, you're fine, sister. You're fine. <laughs> We're just glad you're back. I'm glad to see that. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> well, I had a pick. We're done with it. I get down here. get out Well, I had one. I guess I don't need it. For all in this world 
knew that if the world just knew that amen they think it's all going to be okay but if you don't have the Lord it sure ain't going to be okay oh by the way I didn't mention it but our Christmas party our Christmas, I'm, I'm forgetting everything but our Christmas party is the 19th which is Saturday Saturday at 7pm so this week going to be full of all kinds of stuff that you will surely enjoy amen all right. Amen. Y'all glad to be in church this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, I am too. I wish I had a I wish I had a more uh joyful message to bring you this morning, but I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked forward to this message all week long. I've I've actually dreaded this message because it's such a sad, sad subject. This morning we're gonna be looking on Judas. This morning we're gonna be looking at the betrayal of our Lord Jesus. And there's no pretty way to paint this picture. There's no nice way to say it. There's no easy, good way to look at it. It's tragic. It's tragic on on, on two. Well, it's, uh, on one hand, it's not tragic. I mean, it was it was it was horrible what our Lord suffered, but He suffered it on purpose. He suffered it on our account. He suffered it knowingly with knowledge. So it was not a shock or a surprise to our Lord when He was betrayed. It was not. It was not any anything that that took him by surprise. But the tragedy is in the life of Judas. And I remember hearing. A, I remember hearing a preacher. Matter of fact, it was uh, it was our preacher up in Arkansas, brother Charlie Warren, who who quoted. I don't know who he quoted, but he he he, he once while talking about Judas, he he made this statement. He said, "Of all the words, or tongue, and of all the words of tongue or pen, the saddest of these, what might have been." What might have been. Let's look at John chapter 18 this morning. John 18 verses 1 through 9. If you turn over there with me in your Bible. John 18 verses 1 through 9. And we're going to look at the whole thing this morning. We'll take, we'll, we'll take our time and look at this and then we'll move on beyond this. We're not going to spend two or three weeks on this. We, I promise you we won't. So actually we'll, we'll read all the way down through verse 11. 18, chapter 18, verses 1 through 11, the Bible says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where was a garden into which he entered, and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, he, he knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priest, and Pharisees cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth, he saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them, as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these, referring to his disciples, go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spoke, of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into, thy, into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it. And may the Lord add his blessing this morning to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before thy throne this morning, Lord, and we ask you, please, Lord, to meet with us. Lord, we need you. 
Lord, I pray for Holy Ghost power. Lord, I pray, Father, I, that you'll speak to hearts in here this morning. Lord, I know not just the people that are listening inside this room, Lord, but to all those who listen in our ministry. Lord, I pray, Father, for each one who's tuned in to hear the Word of God. I pray, Holy Ghost, that you'd stir in their hearts. I pray, Lord, that you'd get them in a place where they can where they can gain spiritual understanding. I pray, Lord, you'd minister to them and, and draw them, Lord, if they're not saved, draw them unto salvation, convict them, and, and show them their lost condition, show them that Christ is the sufficiency, all that they would need to be saved. And, Lord God, for those of us that are born again, Lord, I pray that, that Lord, you, you would wake us out of our slumber, Lord, that you would draw us from our distractions, and, Lord, that you'd fix our eyes upon upon the message this morning to help us to realize that, Lord, uh, Lord, just because we walk with you doesn't mean that we love you with all our heart. It doesn't mean we trust you. Lord God, I pray, Father, that we would. I pray that we do. And, Lord, I pray for each and every one. They would search their own heart. Lord, they'd search their self today. Do I truly love Jesus with all my heart? Am I living for him? I pray that be the, the, the question that we ask each, each one of ourselves, we ask ourselves. I pray, Lord, you put your finger on the, on the problem in our life today. Lord, please meet with us now. Give us your power. Give us the power of your spirit now. In Jesus' name we pray. Forgive our sins, Lord. Amen. All right. <laughs> Again, I, 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 if I could skip this one and just keep on trucking, I would, but I, I, I can't. So we're here, and we're going to look at it this morning, all right? <laughs> I just, I'm going to point out some things that I'm not going to hit on in the message just because I want to hit on them. First of all, uh, something I see here is in, is in where Jesus asked a question in verse 4. And he said, whom, and when, he said, whom seek ye? Who are you looking for? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And he saith unto them, I am he. And they went backwards. See that? You know who else falls backwards? You ever seen Benny Hinn swing his coat? Touch, touch, and they all fall backwards. Anytime somebody fell down before Jesus' feet to worship him, they fell forward. They don't fall backward. These were the enemies of God. When he said, I am he, they were may have been the enemies of God, but you know what? They were well versed in the Old Testament scripture. And when he said, I am, they realized they felt the power of God when he made that statement. They went backwards. Now, just just remember that. When somebody falls down to worship God, they don't fall backwards. They fall forward. Now, the second thing I see is, is Peter. Bless Peter's heart. He was trying to save Jesus, wasn't he? Very confused. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, people do stupid things. Amen. And that's all, I mean, that's really all I have to point out in that. But sometimes in the heat of the moment, we'll do things that really don't make sense. And Peter definitely was not making sense at that moment. Jesus did not need someone to defend him. Amen. He need. And by the way, he still doesn't need someone to defend him today. He needs someone to proclaim him. You know the Bible. The Bible. The, the Bible is like the Word of God is like a lion, and, and, and it, it's it's it, it it's powerful beyond anything this world can control. And you put a lion, you put a lion in a cage. You don't you don't need somebody to stand in front of the cage and defend the lion. You just open the door and the lion defends itself. And that's the way it is with the Word of God. You preach the Word of God. You teach the Word of God. You share the Word of God, and the Word of God will defend itself. Now, let me get into the message this morning, all right? All right, so let's look this morning. I want us to look this morning at three things. First thing I want us to look at this morning is, is how Jesus' betrayal and his arrest shows God's knowledge and wisdom in all this. And, I, and, and we, have to, we have to step back and look at it. God, God, all this had been planned. All this had been a part of God's plan forever, okay? So let's look at it this morning. First of all, the, the fact that this betrayal had been prophesied. I want you to turn in your Bible a few places. And I'll turn there with you. Turn to Psalm 41. Psalm 41. We'll read there. Psalm 41. Psalm 41 and verse 9. Psalm 41, verse 9, it says, Yea, mine own familiar friend 
in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. My familiar friend, I knew him just like I knew my brother. He'd been with me. Amen. He'd walked with him for three years. My own familiar friend in whom I trusted, he did trust him. He handed him the money bag. He said, you'll be our treasure. You'll be our accountant as we go. I got to think about that yesterday. That sure must not have been a very hard job. I mean, they didn't have no money to start with. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jesus, they didn't live nowhere. He, he slept on the ground and slept in a cave, slept wherever he could find a place to sleep. Sometimes he was at a home, somebody opened up to him. But the most time, they was roughing it. Wasn't a whole lot of job to keep up with, but he did. He trusted him. He trusted him with a money bag. But yet, the Bible, he said, which did eat of my bread. He, he, he got blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing from being with Jesus. Everywhere he went, there was blessings, and he participated in those blessings. But the Bible said he had lifted up his heel against me. What, what, what do you do when you lift up your heel? You're aimed to crush something, and that's what the Bible says about Judas. He aimed to crush Jesus. Zechariah 11, let's turn over there. Zechariah, it's close, getting close to the New Testament. I'll give you just a second to find that. Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 12 and 13. Zechariah 11, 12, and 13. The Bible says, And I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price, that I was prized out of them. And I took 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. This prophesied. It's all been planned. God's plan has always been in place. Amen. I'm going to tell you, you say, well, that's, that's tragic, that's horrible. But that's still, even, even in this, it gives me comfort to know that nothing escapes my God. Nothing is, everything that God does works like gears together in a machine. It all fits. He never has an odd-sized bearing or odd-sized sprocket or nothing. God's machinery works perfectly. No matter what man tries to do, no matter, I mean, you think all down through history, all down through history, I mean, this is, this is prophesied back in the Old Testament. This is, this, is, this is way back before Jesus, and yet perfectly, perfectly prophesied. All right, the, the, the second thing on this I want to say, you know, we're talking about God's wisdom and knowledge, knowing all these things beforehand. Jesus knew he would be betrayed. Of course he did, and he knew by who he would be, be betrayed. In John 6, 64, Jesus said, but there are some of you, that believe not. He's talking to his disciples there that day. There's some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He knew, and he still knows. Amen? Look, just because a person a person uh, believes or doesn't believe, God's not forcing that belief on that person, and God's not restraining that belief from that person. That person comes under the conviction of the Holy Ghost of God, realizes their need for a Savior or not. God sends the conviction. God puts that down on a man or a woman, and they either, they either respond to it or they don't. They either receive him or they reject him. God never forced anybody to go to heaven, and God will never force anybody into hell. John six seventy and 71, if you look there. Now, this happened, this happened approximately one year before where we're at in the Scripture today. John 6, 70 and 71, And Jesus answered them, Have, I not, have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Jesus knew this ahead of time. And you know what amazes me? Jesus still loved the man every day, every step of the way, all the way up until that moment. He never stopped loving him. He never stopped treating him with the same kindness and respect that he treated the other disciples. God's just like that. Amen? God, God is good. God is good up until, up until the moment where there is no more opportunity for God to be good. Matthew twenty six twenty five. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, 
thou hast said come out of your own mouth. You know it's you, is what he was saying to him. <coughs> so Judas, Judas, uh, Jesus, Jesus even told Judas plainly that he knew that it was him. And even though he did, and he said it right in front of the other disciples, they didn't even understand what he was saying. It seemed like they missed completely, totally what he was saying. They, they, it, that night at the Lord's Supper, you know, he's having a conversation with Judas, but everybody else is in some other place, and they can't quite grasp what's happening. I mean, it seemed to me that they would notice it when there's only 11 of them walking with him to the Garden of Gethsemane, but yet nobody seemed to notice. It wasn't ever brought up in the Scripture. But this is all within God's foreknowledge and his plan for our redemption, all of this. Acts 2.23, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You see that? God, Christ was delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. That word delivered there, it's basically, it comes from the same general family as betrayed. All right, he was delivered or he was betrayed by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Now, when I say that, don't think for one second again that I'm saying Judas was predestined because God wanted him to go to hell and him to be the one who betrayed him. No. Calvinism and all that stuff is not even factored into this. Yes, God had Judas in that place in that moment for that purpose, but there's a reason for it. It's because God knew before the foundation of the world that this man named Judas Iscariot, this man would not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what was put in front of him, no matter what he saw, no matter what he heard. He would not believe it. There's, there has to be a reason for his lack of belief, but it was not God holding him back from belief. God did not say, no, Judas, you cannot be saved no matter what you want to do. Listen to him all day long. Listen to him for three years. Watch his every move, but you can't be saved. Now, what a cruel thing that would be. And how unjust would our God be if that were the case? No, Judas sinned is the long and the short of it, and Judas was personally responsible for his sin. He chose that path. It's just that God knew that that man would do that, and that's why God put him in that place for that time, because he knew ahead of time what Judas would do. And we see in Luke 22, 3, that Satan entered into Judas. Luke 22, verse 3. The Bible says, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Now, let me just say a couple quick words about this. Satan entered into him, literally. At that moment in time when, when Judas was going to betray Jesus, Satan himself was inhabiting his being as he went, driving him, motivating him to complete the task. Now, let's, let's, let's make this very clear. That's called possession. Satan had access to possess the vessel called Judas Iscariot because Judas Iscariot was a lost sinner. He had not the Spirit of God even though he walked right in the very presence of, the, uh, of God himself. He did not have the Spirit of God living in him nor protecting him. Thus, it was very easy for Satan to inhabit that vessel because God was not there defending that vessel. Satan cannot enter into you if you're a saved child of God. There's no way because, listen, a house divided against itself, that house shall not stand. There's no way that Satan can enter into your vessel. He can, he can, he can uh, antagonize you all day long from the outside. He can even influence you, but he cannot make you do anything. So, Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, but notice what James says in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, let me tell you something. Judas couldn't resist him. Judas could not resist him, and the reason Judas could not resist him is because Judas had not the Spirit of God. That's only for a Christian in James 4, 7. That's only for a believer, and Judas was not. But, I, but think about this, too. God is often used sinful people in the accomplishing of his purpose. He used Nebuchadnezzar. He used Pharaoh, didn't he? 
Even though Pharaoh didn't bank it, God used him like an instrument in his hand. But you see, all this happened is because God has foreknowledge. God knows. God knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. It wasn't a divine decree that God said, well, this is the way it's going to be, and there's no getting around it. No, Judas exercised his free will. Judas made choices in doing what he did. Like I said, if he had not, God, we'd have to say God was unjust. God was unfair. God treated him unfairly. God, was not, uh, God didn't treat him right. But no, we, we cannot step back and say that because why? We look and we see. Judas did it of his own volition. God... That's it. We're talking about his wisdom. God wisely arranged all this. God has a purpose that he's working everything out for to be able to give Jesus to be the atonement for our sins. This plan had to come together, and it had to be pushed further along by Judas's sinful behavior. There was no getting around it. Again, if it hadn't have been Judas, it would have been somebody else. But God saw and, and, and planned in his will that it was that way that day. The second thing I want us to look at this morning is how, Je- how Jesus' betrayal and arrest, how it really points to the sinfulness of man. Notice when it took place. It took place at night. It took place late at night. Jesus said in Luke twenty two fifty three, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. This is your hour. They wouldn't touch him during the day. Why? Because they feared the people. They knew that if they, if they tried to take him during the day amongst all these people, then they'd have to deal with all that. They themselves could have been killed. But no, they went, they went to him in the dark. Why? Because they feared the people. Luke 22, 2 said, And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Amen? I'll tell you something. They, ought, they need to fear the people in America, too. Now, that's just a side note I'll throw in there for a note. Just, you can take do that what you want to. But... Uh, but they feared they were afraid. The people could rise up at any time and overpower them. They were a small group of, uh, of authoritarians versus a, a nation of people. <clears throat> First Thessalonians 5, 7, the Bible says, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be, or, that be drunken are drunken in the night. Wow, nobody's around. Listen, you, you can sin to all kinds of things to get away with at night. That's, most sinful things happen at night. Beer joints, talky talks, they open when? At night. They don't open in the, in the morning. You don't get out of bed and say, help, I can go get drunk and cheat on my wife. No. They do that at the end of a long day when, it, when it's dark and nobody sees and they can do things in, in, in the cover of darkness. And listen, that, no, 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 no shock to me that this took place at night. <clears throat> and why does it take place at night? Why do sinful things take place at night? Why? Because men try to cover their sins. The Bible says men love darkness. Why? Because their deeds are evil. And they try to hide their activity. But you know what? Judas, he may have been a betrayer, but the Bible said he was a disciple. And the Bible, said, and the Bible called him a friend. That's an amazing thing to me. It's when he came to kiss Jesus. Jesus called him friend. He called him friend. That blows my mind that Jesus called him friend. But you know, I think it was a little sarcasm in that. I think that was Jesus shooting some conviction his way to call him friend just as he lays the kiss of betrayal upon Jesus. Seven times the Gospels emphasize that Judas was one of the twelve. Matthew 26, 14 and 50. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. Again, I read it earlier. Psalm 41, 9. Mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. <clears throat> and like I said, Jesus confronted him there in Matthew 26, 50. Friend, wherefore? Art thou come? I mean, it's bad enough that anybody would hand Jesus over to somebody that would hurt him. I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling to me that somebody would look at Jesus, someone who did nothing but love and do good his entire life, and somebody would look at him and say, 
Yeah, I'll turn him over for for, for a little bit of money. It's no big deal to me. I'll rat him out. I, I'll turn him over. I, I don't care what happens to him. Just give me a little piece of money. Give me a little handful of money, and I'll be fine with that. But it was his. It was somebody he called a friend. It was somebody that that walked with him. Somebody who who shared everything with him. And the fact that he did it with a kiss. Kiss was a common greeting of friendship or brotherly love. You talk about a, a traitor. You talk about one to stab in the back. The way that it was done was just disgusting in itself. In Luke seven forty four and 45, the Bible said, And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since I, the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Again, a kiss is something that friendship, honoring, things of that nature. And he took the very thing, I mean, I guess for us it would be a hug or a handshake. You imagine to, to turn somebody in, you walk up and give them a big hug, you know. But that's 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 the way this situation was. It, it was it was it was a sign of love, but yet it was a it was betrayal. And and, and again, he Jesus he called he he called him friend, but yet in, in twenty two forty eight of Luke, he, Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? He confronted him. I mean, the hypocrisy of what he was doing, and the fact that he betrayed him for for just a little handful of money, and actually thirty pieces of silver is the price of a slave. That's what Jesus was betrayed for. Exodus twenty one thirty two. If the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, that's a slave, he shall give unto their master thirty pieces, thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. That's the price of a slave. Is what Jesus was betrayed for. <clears throat> and those that came to arrest him treated him like a vile criminal. The mob included officers from the Sanhedrin as well as a detachment of Roman soldiers. <clears throat> Jesus confronted them about how they came to him. Matthew twenty six fifty five. in that same hour said Jesus unto the multitudes, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. He hadn't done anything. He was not guilty, we know that, but the way they treated him. And lastly, I want us to look at, at the sacrificial love of Jesus. During all this, first thing, he, he allowed it to happen. He didn't resist it at all. He did nothing to strike back. He did nothing to defend himself. He refused to allow Peter to defend him by force, even though, again, Peter was trying to do his best. I mean, you know, he just, you're not going to take Jesus, and then whack, you know. He just acted, of course, Peter had always acted impulsively. It's not anything shocking to see Peter do something like that, but... Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew twenty six fifty three. Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my Father, and He shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? A legions is a thousand. Am I right on that? So that's twelve thousand angels that He said I could have called on right now if I wanted to. But I, I see something else in this. They're coming to take Jesus away. They've, again, they've got weapons. They've got, they've got enough men to, to take him roughly anywhere they want to. And his life was in jeopardy at that moment. And what is he doing? He's looking out for all those he loves. In John eighteen eight, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. Don't hurt them. Don't hurt them. So we see, we see first of all, the Father's wisdom and knowledge and all this. Nothing escaped him. It's all planned. It's all part of, of God's plan for our redemption. We see secondly how Jesus' betrayal and arrest demonstrates how sinful man is. And then lastly, we see how in his betrayal and in his arrest, he, he demonstrates still a sacrificial love for his for his own disciples. He had nothing, no concern for himself, only for them. All of this, all of it, all the pain he suffered for you and me, for our sin. Now, 
I said all that to get to this. There's a lot of people in this world who claim to know Jesus. The title of this whole series, and and this is this is this is uh, number 199. We're almost at 200 sermons on getting to know Jesus. <clears throat> Judas walked with Jesus every single day. When it was time to go to bed, Judas laid down on the same patch of ground that Jesus laid down on. They had many conversations. I'm sure in three years they talked about so many different subjects. He listened to Jesus. He watched as he dealt with each one with kindness and compassion and love, tenderness. He heard him rebuke those that were evil. He knew the message of Jesus. He'd heard it day after day after day after day. Kind of reminds me of people, some some people in church. They come week after week after week after week after week. Say, how long you been? How long you been a Christian? I've been coming to church since I was a little kid. You know you can do that and go to hell. You can walk. You can walk by Jesus all day long, every day. You, I mean, listen. You can have a preacher for a daddy. You 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 can hit. You can have a. You can have a, a grandpa for a daddy. You can have an uncle for a, a preacher for an uncle. I mean, you 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 can live next door to a preacher. You you can be best friends with a preacher. Still go to hell. So I can quote you scripture. You can still go to hell. Yeah. You you can you can walk like a Christian. You can dress like a Christian. You can talk like a Christian. You can fool everybody in the whole wide world, but you can't fool God. And maybe I'm not talking to anybody in this room, and if I'm not, praise God. But I'm talking to somebody, somebody out there in this world who's listening to this message can hear what I'm saying, and they know they've just been going through the, just going through the whole, uh, going through the motions. I always go back to it. I don't know why, but I always go back to it. I heard this one time, and I've never forgot it. It was at a church somewhere. They were in the midst of a revival meeting, and it came down to the last night of the revival meeting, and the, and the evangelist was given the plea at the end of the sermon, and the pastor's wife stood up and came down the aisle, and just as she got to the front while, front of the aisle and was walking to the altar, she looked at her husband, and she said, I'm not going to hell for you or anybody. And she got on her knees and trusted Christ and got saved. I'm not going to hell for you or anybody. All those years she'd been pretending to be saved. Probably grew up in a pastor's home. Probably grew up, you know, in Sunday school, week after week after week. You can walk with him, walk with him, walk with him, listen to him. But if you do not trust him, you will not have salvation in him. I just wonder sometimes. What was it that made him want to betray Jesus? I mean, Judas wasn't just, he didn't just know him. He he had an intimate knowledge of Jesus. I mean, he really had an intimate knowledge of Jesus. You'd have talked to Jesus, Judas. He'd probably say, well, yeah, let me tell you about what he's done for me. He could tell you all kinds of great things that Jesus had done in his life. He had a testimony of some sort. Wasn't a testimony of salvation. But he had a testimony of some sort. People said, oh, he's one of the disciples. He's one of the, he's one of them. Well, he acts just like them. He looks just like them. He talks just like them. He carries the same message they carry. He must be one of them. I wonder how many people are sitting on pews this morning, even in Clarksville, Texas, who looks like them, talks like them, acts like them everywhere. They have, they have a working knowledge of Jesus. They have a working knowledge of the Bible but they don't have salvation because, again, it's not about what you know. It's about what you believe. It's about what you believe. It's about where your faith rests. Dr. Curtis Hudson said one time, he said, you know, if I was to die here in the next five minutes and stand in, stand in heaven, you think I'm going to say to God, listen, I, I've been a preacher for a long, long time, and I preach a lot of sermons, God. I deserve to be in here. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe all the revival campaigns I've, had, I've held. Lord, I deserve to be in here. He said, no, in my hand, no price I bring simply to thy cross I cling. He said, that's all I have is that Jesus died for me. 
Judas had Jesus walking beside him day after day after day after day. He listened to every word out of his mouth. He was so close and yet so far away. And I say this morning, you say, well, I'm saved, preacher. I know I'm saved. Yeah, okay, you may be saved, but how close are you? How close are you walking to him? How close are you to Jesus? When I look at this, as somebody who walked right next to him could turn completely on him. It breaks my heart. But then I look at myself, and I ask myself, how many times have I turned on him? Maybe not, bet- not, not betrayed him, not, not denied him, but how many times have I turned on him and done what I wanted to do, knowing that he, I didn't have his approval? How many times have I, have I simply just fallen down because I didn't have my eyes on him? No, maybe we've not betrayed him in the manner that Judas did. But I dare say every one of us have betrayed him by our actions, by our words at times. And every single one of us would be well served to come to him and ask forgiveness for the way we treat him on a daily basis. If we don't lift him up like we ought to on a daily basis, we ought to come to him and say, Lord, have mercy on me and help me. He deserves so much. What has he done for you? What has he done for you? Could you stand up and I'm not asking you to, but could you stand up and tell everybody what he's done for you? If you could stand up and tell somebody what Christ has done for you personally, then get your eyes on that. Look at that. Let that be a motivator in your life to bring him to the forefront, to hold him up, to, to, to use him as the reason for why you are where you are. Let it be known to those around you that, that but for Christ I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. But for Christ I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the peace that I have. If it weren't for Christ I wouldn't I wouldn't know with assurance where my soul will spend eternity. But with Christ I have everything. Let's don't come to the end of our life and say the saddest word tongue of pen would What's saddest of all is what might have been. Don't come to the end of your life and say, "Well, I wish I'd have done it better for Jesus." I wish I. And, and listen, it, it's not. It's not about whether or not we're getting to heaven. If we're saved, we're going to heaven. But it'll be a better day for some than it will be for others. It'll be a better day for those who who loved him with, with a fervent love than those who just coasted and waited on him to take them home. It's going to be a better day for those who loved him with all their heart and, and gave themselves to him and said, Lord, I just, want to be a, I just want to be a blessing to as many people as I can be until the day you take me home. Pour out your love on me. Pour out your love through me. Use me for Christ's honor and glory. Oh, folks, I'm going to tell you, if we do that, God will use us. God's, God's looking for people down who are willing to be used. God's looking for people who, who, are, who are, are waiting to show him how much they love him. Let's don't turn our back on God. Let's don't let's don't dip our sails. Let's don't let's don't hide the light behind the curtain of our humanity. Let's let God be seen by everybody. Let's stand together. We're gonna sing a song of invitation. As she's coming to play, I just want you to if you would bow your heads with me. And I want you to just kind of just kind of think a little bit. How good has God been to you? How good has he been? Has God has God poured out his favor in your life? Has God has God been better to you than you've deserved? When's the last time you did something to show him how much you appreciate him? And I'm not talking about just praying. I'm not talking about just praising him under your breath. I'm talking about when's the last time he said, you know what, i got such a wonderful Savior. The world needs to know. And I want people to know that I belong to him, that he's my Lord, and I'm his child. And I want to honor him with all that I am. When's the last time you thought about that?
I urge you. I urge you with our heads bowed and eyes closed to ask God, Lord, what would you have me to do with my life that I'm not doing right now to please you? Show me what it is, and I'll follow you. Father, we pray and we ask you, Lord, please bless this invitation. Father, we ask you now that, Lord, you might work on hearts, Lord, that you might that you might point us, Father, to Father, what you want us to be with our life, what you what you want us to do with this life to honor you. Lord, I pray for the one out there listening to us this morning that may not be saved. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, if if the Holy Ghost of God has shown them their lost condition. I pray, Lord, Father, that you'd show them that Jesus Christ died on that cross, bearing their sins. He took their sins to that cross, and he paid what you demanded. He died for those sins. He died in your place. He paid it all. He said it's finished. All you have to do is come to him and ask him to give you his salvation. Ask him to forgive your sins. Ask him to cleanse you from your sins. Believe that he died, was buried, and rose from the grave according to the scriptures. God will give you salvation. Let his blood wash your sins away. Lord, we thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing number, number. Uh, what number are we singing, sister? 375. Just as I am. Sing with me this morning. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. the last just as I am thou wilt receive wilt welcome pardon cleanse release because thy promise I believe O Lamb of God I come, I come, amen, praise God. It's good to be in church with you today. Tonight we'll get back in our study on the uh, the commandments of Christ. And uh, remember, it won't be any Wednesday night church this week. We'll meet Thursday night, 6, and the Marksman Quartet will be here, and we'll really get a blessing out of that. Also, then two nights later, on the 17th, I'm sorry, on the 17th and the 19th, uh, that'll be Saturday at 7 p.m. We're going to have a Christmas party up here at the church. So bring finger foods, whatever that is. Yeah, I guess you don't eat a fork. You can eat a fork with a finger food. But bring finger foods and a dessert. All right? So, And it says to please bring a $5 gift for a male or a female. All right. So I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have been given all kinds of weird things over the year. I got a toupee one time. I've gotten a candle. I've got, I got a broke candle. That was one year. I've gotten all kinds of strange things. Of course, we used to do white elephant gifts. So, But anyway, so anyway, we'll, we'll enjoy ourselves and have a good time in the Lord on Saturday. But I really look forward to this Thursday. But try to be back tonight at 6, and uh, we'll have a blessing tonight too. Any word from anybody before we dismiss this morning? Sure, good to have Joanne back. And Robert, too. Good to have Robert, too. The other night, we dismissed. I said, you know, it just ain't the same without Robert in here. It just, there's something missing. I, I, I didn't know what it was, but something was missing. But anyway.
we sure glad that, that everybody's here today. We're missing Tony and Tammy. Are they all right? Does anybody know? Okay. They got family down, but Dustin has to go to the ER. Okay. All right. Well, let's remember to lift him up in prayer. Uh, well, she's in the nursery. I'll do it tonight. Do it tonight. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Be dismissed. I look forward to seeing you back here tonight. And let's pray. Brother Byron, dismiss us. Yes. 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 <laughs>